The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Russ Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby. Vegas here on the Even Money Podcast. Been so fun getting into some of the non-NFL sports and learning more about the NBA playoff betting. Obviously, we had the NCAA tournament and the Masters. It's been awesome. He is the guru at Fezzik Sports on Twitter, the one and only Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling. I am meanly, main, merely, how many times can I say that? Meanly, mainly? Am I mainly meanly or am I meanly mainly? Anyway, I'm merely Ross Tucker, a former NFL offensive lineman. We are presented by BetDSI.com. If you guys love this podcast, I know a lot of you do, and you want to keep it going, it's very simple. You got to take advantage of the code Tucker15 at BetDSI.com. And you got to make a small deposit so we get credit for it. It's that simple. Just make any deposit when you get the free $15 at BetDSI.com. And then BetDSI will continue to sponsor the podcast. And we will continue to have a podcast. It's really that simple. I am more than a little excited for today's show because it's our first ever Even Money with a guest who happens to be a listener and his name is Kevin Raymond. Get fired up. Kevin, it's Ross and Steve here on the Even Money Podcast. You're obviously familiar with it. Thanks so much for coming aboard. Hey, guys. No, I'm very excited to be on. There's really nothing better than talking, betting, and sports. So it's, it's an honor to be on with you guys. So I know you, I'm going to have some questions for you, and then you're going to have some questions for Steve. But before we even get into that, I just want to know, your background a little bit. You know, how old are you? Where do you live? Yeah, sure. I'm uh, I'm 28 years old. I live in New York City. Um, grew up in southeastern Connecticut, um, and I went. I played football and Division three football and lacrosse at uh, Bowdoin College up in Maine, and then made my way down to New York City after I graduated to uh, work in finance, trading high yield bonds and loans. Um, for my day job and betting on sports is 
well, that's my passion and kind of a, a part-time gig at this point. Nice. So you're a NESCAC guy. I am. I am. I like it. At the at the academically elite New England Division Three conference. I love it. So, okay, so you <laughs> I, emailed I think- me a while ago and said, all right, I've made the transition from, you know, kind of being a fan to, to trying to be uh, a handicapper. So I guess I'm just curious as to how you made that decision and how it's going so far. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I've been betting on sports pretty consistently, I would say, for about six years now. Uh, my betting, I, I started, I guess my betting background really started um, with poker, I think, like a lot of handicappers. Um, so, you know, back in high school, even the poker boom, swept up my town. So, you know, I was hosting two table tournaments every week in my basement and that took precedent over school, over sports, over everything. And, um, a lot of us found online poker and poker stars and a lot of us did pretty well on it. And then, you know, black Friday came and it just wasn't really accessible anymore. Um, but I, I, I discovered sports betting, um, really for the first time, um, about six years ago. And, you know, I was doing it as, uh, they're more entertainment bets. Um, and I was throwing $20, $50 on a couple games um, just, uh, you know, for entertainment's sake. And, you know, as time went on, right, every year I'd get a little bit more serious. The stakes would get a, a little bit higher. And, uh, you know, eventually after losing so much, I decided if I'm going to spend so much time um, and money on this, I better start taking it seriously. Um, otherwise, I'm going to sink a lot of my hard-earned money. Um, into uh, this uh, entertainment hobby for me. And how have you gone about doing that? Yeah, so I guess in the first strategy I ever came up with um, a couple of years ago, you know, it occurred to me that the notion that books set lines looking for 50-50 money on either side was kind of a common misnomer that a lot of people thought, right, that a book's that's a line and they just hope that that's the indifference point for everybody um, and that they just clip the rake and, and that's it. Um, and so I, I saw that and I realized that, you know, books aren't really doing that. They're in reality in a lot of games they are proactively taking a side. Um, and so in many games, one of two things were taking place that you could see. One was the bookmaker was, um, you know, baiting public money on one side. And in this case, you'd want to obviously be on the side of the book. And then number two, um, you know, maybe the money is split on a game, but you could see some of the sharp money movements in the line. And in this case, you want to be on the side of the sharps. So I would start tracking line movements and where the money was. And this was this is all basically my technical analysis, but you know, pretty basic stuff. Um, it worked out okay for a little bit of time. I don't know. It was kind of a break-even type of strategy for a while and, until it wasn't, I guess. And it was kind of you know, my lazy way of doing a, an analysis. And then you know, the catalyst for me to take the analysis even deeper was having a horrendous football season. Um, I decided that, again, spending too much time and money on this, I needed to um, really dig in like the pros do. Um, and so to me, for so many amateur bettors, you know, without digging into the actual numbers and doing the analysis, it's, it's literally like buying a stock without looking at the financials or making projections and having a view on valuation. And, and it happens all the time. So many people do blindly buy stocks because they like a company and lose. And I think that's the same exact thing 
as people betting on the Packers because they think Aaron Rodgers is good. Um, like buying Apple stock because you like your iPhone. But um, so I kind of stripped all my preconceptions and views down to nothing and started from scratch. So the first model I built was in basketball. Right? And I asked myself the basic question, why does a team win a basketball game? Right? And you instantly think of the wise crack answer. They score more points than the other team. But I mean, that's that's exactly right. The winner does score more points and prevents the other team from scoring. And then you peel back the onion a little bit further, how does that happen? Well, they have an efficient offense, they have an efficient defense, they make free throws, they rebound. So all these stats ended up being variables in, in an equation. Um, so kind of the foundation of the model that I started to build, um, I downloaded a bunch of these stats into a spreadsheet, lined them up for the two teams that were playing, and I would cover up the, the name of the two teams that were playing. And I would try and handicap what the line would be uh, based on these stats um, without seeing the name of the team. So I was really able to filter out any bias that I had for or against any team. Um, this, work, this worked out pretty well. Uh, and so the next step is to take it a bit further and to automate what I was doing with my eyeballs and to create an algorithm. Um, and I did this all in Excel. And, and um, you know, it, it, it worked for me. Um, I, I started to win a lot more games. I started to um, really filter out any bias on any team that I thought was good or bad for whatever reason. Um, and it became a numbers game for me. And then, you know, at this point, I guess the full analysis really incorporates um, three things. It's fundamental, it's technical, and it's spot. Uh, so the fundamental analysis is comparing the numbers um, with the model, you know, spits out a side. The technical analysis of you know kind of what I was doing in the beginning where's the money how's the line moving how's the public think about this game um, you know is there a sharp side and the spot analysis something like you know a team coming off a bad road loss now at home as an underdog um, can be a powerful thing as well that can offset some of the other factors so it's kind of really you know starting out as an entertainment better with small stakes and then just kind of making that conscious decision that I needed to take this more serious as if I wanted to continue this as, you know, a serious uh, hobby. So, okay. I, I love it. So I, I want to make sure you have plenty of time to ask um, Steve any questions that you have, Kevin. I might have another one or two for you at the end, but um, Steve, before Kevin asks any questions, anything you hear that especially interests you? Wow, I'm kind of blown away. Kevin has obviously done his homework. I feel a little bit, Ross, like that boxer that's like being put into a match. It's like, don't worry, this guy's right off the couch. He's just a random color. You'll be fine. You don't have to prepare. Then you go in, and the guy's throwing haymakers round one. So um, a couple things. Um, <laughs> Kevin has probably read this book, but Joe Pita, Trading Bases. Kevin, have you read that book before? I, ha I haven't. All right, well, that's a must-read, and the reason being is he's a former Wall Street bond and equity trader who then moved on to bet baseball for a living. So he, mim he mimics your background. So that's a absolute must-read, and I think it's, it's tremendous background. What you do for a living and sports betting is very comparable in, in terms of finding market uh, differences. One thing to summarize what you said, and I agreed with everything you said, um, when we're betting on sports, your baseline, your best, I think the optimal way to win at sports is you set your power ratings. You talked about how good the teams are and the stats you have in an Excel spreadsheet. And you go ahead and that's your starting point. 
and that and then you make a line and then you adjust for as you said the situational spots and what um, is a team in a max motivation situation? Are they in a limited motivation situation? And you tweak the number, but you've got to have a starting point. Otherwise, if you just try to jump into, hey, this is a really good spot for the team, well, it's a really good spot for the Jets every week, but they suck. So betting on the Jets is going to cost you a lot of money. So I, I love what you said. Ready for questions. So one off the bat, do you quantify – the spot variables what what is what what would be your line adjustment uh if you know the jets came off a bad road loss and now we're at home i mean how do how do you quantify that yeah it's very subjective um so the jets go and they get crushed in new england by 35 points and so they come back home actually a better situation this happened last year so the jets get crushed at home and then they have a week where they're on the road they come back and you would say, you know what, after laying an egg in front of your home fans, you come back off of another loss. This is your home run spot where you absolutely have to bring your maximum effort. And what I found is that in prior years, I would make an adjustment of up to two and a half points. But in today's day and age, it seems like the multi-million dollar athlete, and maybe Ross can comment on this with his background, it just doesn't seem to be as important as it was 10 years ago and my, I'm finding my adjustments for those motivational spots much more to be like maybe a point and a quarter than two and a half points. Ross, how much of a difference do you find between a super motivated team and a not as motivated team? Uh, it, it is hard to quantify it and actually put a number on it. Um, and, and really, I would tell you that in my experience, it's kind of gone either way, depending on the team and depending on the time of year. You know, I, I understand the spot thing, but I've also seen teams where that was the start of them going in the tank. Here, they're coming for me. I can, I can hear the sirens coming for me. I love this because this, this is definitely, Kevin, you had to leave your office of your real job to do this, correct? Oh, so, sorry, Ross. You got cut off there for one second. Can you repeat that? Oh yeah, I would. I just I heard a uh, I heard a siren, the ambulance in the background. <laughs> so I was saying yeah. that it's definitely because you had to leave your your office of your real job to do this interview at eleven fifteen Eastern. So that's why we were yeah. able to hear that. So yes. to answer Steve's yes, question, I took, I took though, an early early lunch break. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, to answer Steve's question, I, I mean. There's absolutely a difference, Steve, but I think you'd have to almost ask the guys that week. I think over time they're going to bounce back and it's worth a couple points. But I've also seen times where that blowout game was also like the start of the slide, if you will. You know what I mean? So I guess that would be my question back to you is how do you know when it's a good spot versus how do you know when it's really just the beginning of the end and the start of the of the uh of the rest of the season swoon for a team? Yeah, it's a great question, and I think you've got to be the team and, and get into their head. An example here in the NBA playoffs is that blindly a lot of pros will back a team down 2-0 in the playoffs. You lose the first two games, you come home, and the, the season's on the line. You lose game three, it's all over, so that you'll see money come on those teams, those home teams that are down 2-0 or even you know the Celtics are, are down 2-0 going on the road so we're going to get their home run effort however 
when the team goes down 3-0 in the playoffs, you'll see a three-point adjustment between the Game 3 and the Game 4 line. And just because of what you're saying, Ross, hey, you know, downward spiral, that's it. If we couldn't win Game 3 and we're down 3-0, it's time to book the tee times, uh, work on the, um, the short game, because our season is over. What other questions do you have, Kevin? Um, what about home field advantage at this point uh, when you're modeling that in? Has that been a number that's been consistent for you over time? Is it a number that um, you weighed differently for different teams? How has that trended, um, you know, I guess, thinking about football and basketball in general? Yeah, the home field in – I'll talk NFL because it's my specialty, so it's just short of three for an average game. Um, it was For a while, it was it – was, Heading towards two and a half, but the past year it was three. However, certain teams, I have a four-point home field advantage. Green Bay, Seattle, New England. I don't think it's a coincidence that the best teams have the biggest home field advantages. I think it's a combination of you know the crowd being really into it, oftentimes with some ex- extenuating circumstances. I always felt the grass in Lambeau was non-standard. And no one could ever rush Rodgers because it was just, it it almost seemed slippery. But um, the home field for those teams seems to be higher when it's a competitive game. Seattle's been dynamite in a spread range of less than seven. So when they play a game where the crowd knows that they might be vulnerable and it'll be a closer game, it seems like the home field is worth even more than when they're a double-digit favorite. Teams in Florida, for whatever reason, have crappy home field advantages. Miami, Jacksonville. It just seems to be, I don't know if it's a country club crowd or just not as loud. Now, you would think that the heat and humidity in Florida would give them an edge, but the data says it doesn't. So I've got pretty much a two-point home field advantage for teams in Florida and any disinterested NFL franchise, San Diego, when they were in San Diego, was only a two-point home field advantage. So team by team, uh, I go ahead and make it. But certainly when a team is really good, Atlanta Falcons, for instance, and historically hasn't been good, their home field goes up as they sell out and the crowd noise goes up. Well, that's interesting about Florida. I've never heard that point before. I like it. Um, and, and then just one other one other question. When you're betting football, is your are your biggest games at this point, are you betting full game lines? Or are you making more money on prop bets? That's a great question. If the prop bets offered the same limits as the game limits, I would probably only bet props because the props are so much better. But the problem is a lot of times the props are at minus $1.15 instead of minus $1.10. And certainly on the Even Money podcast, I've given out lots of prop bets you know, to make, but the liquidity in the marketplace is so small. It'd almost be like, if you are a mutual fund manager, you're like, I can't even throw these into my fund. They're, um, they're not, um, I'm not able to get a big enough position for it to matter before the price starts changing onerously against me. And so uh, I guess the, the best example that we've done on Even Money is that when you get like a really cold day with 35-mile-an-hour winds, the longest field goal prop is almost always a slam dunk to play under 44 yards. But there just not isn't enough liquidity in the marketplace to really make it a, a, a serious, lo- large investment. But it's very, very profitable for a $300, $500 better. 
Gotcha. Kevin, really appreciate the time. And uh, it's, it's fun to get a guest here on the Even Money podcast and hear about you and your journey. So everything seems to be going pretty well for you so far. I mean, um, how, 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 how much of a significant aspect of your income is this so far? <laughs> well, it's not a significant aspect yet, um, but we're, we're consistently in the black now, which is good for you know, the last um, really all of the basketball, college basketball season was great. Um, so I, I've been betting mostly football, NFL and college, college basketball and then baseball. So baseball's gotten off to a very good start as well, which I'm very happy about. So hopefully that continues. But that is a long, cyclical season, so we'll see. Well, congratulations, man. I'm glad we got to, to bring you on. Thanks so much. No, I appreciate it. Really nice talking to you guys. The best bet. Yeah, I like it. When you get two pros on like Fezzik and Kevin, uh, that's the best bet. What did you think, Steve? Oh, super impressed with everything that he was talking about in his modeling. And one thing that was interesting, he said he had a great college basketball season. And that doesn't surprise me because I've always been a huge believer that college basketball, if you focus on certain conferences, you can be extremely profitable because you'll know more than the odds makers. And you'd say, how can that possibly be? Well, the odds makers have to set 100 lines on Saturday. So I find it hard to believe if Kevin in New York – isn't doesn't do a little research if he doesn't know more about what's happening for the teams Manhattan Vermont uh, teams in his area of the country than the odds makers do in Vegas setting lines uh, big advantage to the better versus the odds maker. Speaking of hoops, Steve, before we get out of here, I did want to ask you just your thoughts. You mentioned the two O in the NBA playoffs. Here we are recording this on a Wednesday this week. What what's your take so far? on the NBA playoffs, there have definitely been some surprises like the Bulls being up 2-0 right now. Yeah, the East looks incredibly weak compared to the West. Someone's got to win the East. And as bad as the top seeds have looked in the East, I mean, clearly Cleveland is the uh, clear-cut favorite. I think they are going to be in all kinds of trouble when they face Golden State or even if, if it's another team against the spread perspective because I think whoever wins the East will be overvalued. Similar to the NCAA tournament, Ross, more overs than unders so far as the um, NBA playoffs go on, if that continues. Pretty much it's a, not a lock, but my experience has been it tends to balance out. So if you see more overs than unders um, by a higher margin here in the next week or so, it's time to start looking under in games. These totals are getting dealt at a historically high level. Wow, okay, interesting. I will uh, keep my eyes on that. That was awesome. I like changing things up like that. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We'll do that again, maybe even next week, if you guys liked it. We'll see what kind of feedback we get via social media. My Twitter handle is at Ross Tucker NFL. My Facebook is facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. If you ever want to interact with the show, you know how to do it. Take advantage of any of our sponsors like BetDSI and that code Tucker15 and send me the email, ross at rosstucker.com. You can also always hit us up on Facebook, like I mentioned. iTunes rankings, comments, very much appreciated. Brian's Twitter handles at RTF Podcast. Amazon PayPal, those are two easy ways to contribute to the show. And send us a confirmation to ask your question 
of my man Fezzik. Other than that, I think we're done here. Good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast Podcast, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.